0: I realize that Mother's Day um, means a different thing to to all of us. We're all in different seasons of life, different um, areas of life where uh, it's difficult for a lot of us in some ways, um, but it's amazing in other ways, obviously. But I just wanted to share some things that I feel like God has given to me that I'm really excited about and that has meant so much to me. One night, as I was getting ready for this message, one night before I went to sleep, I felt like the word mothership came to my mind. And I was like, I don't know if this is God. Mothership, that's kind of weird. But um, I wrote it down because, as we all know, if you feel like God puts something on your heart or puts something in your mind, you should write it down because if you're anything like me, you will probably forget it. And um, so I wrote it down, and next morning looked up the word mothership and the first thing that came out on the internet was uh, an album and it was Jimmy Page's hand curated selection of the best of Led Zeppelin. So if you are a Led Zeppelin fan, which I before looking that up wouldn't have been able to say any of the songs, I know nowadays we wear all the cool band shirts and we don't know what uh, the songs are, but Led Zeppelin for those of you who love Led Zeppelin. But the definition that resonated the most with me was this one, um, and it's a mother—a mothership—is a large vehicle that leads, serves, and carries other small vehicles, and this may be maritime ships, aircraft, spacecrafts. But I just loved this picture of a larger, stronger ship vehicle that leads, serves, and carries smaller vehicles. And so we're gonna kinda go in this uh, vein of what it means to be a mother. And for those of you who may not know, in this house, in Fresh Life, we love to celebrate all the ladies in the house because we just believe that God has put inside each and every one of our hearts a nurturing spirit, an ability to care, a beautiful heart that's able to see and share, to give, and to care, and so we, we celebrate all of the women in the house, young and old, everyone, because it's in all of us. And so, yeah, we celebrate you, we love you. So thankful for each and every one of you. So mothership. I am actually going to make up my own def- definition of mothership because Mothership, I think it basically is like motherhood, but mothership just sounds so much cooler. Um, so some of these words that I found that have ship in them um, was just interesting to me. And I, I have the list here, and I'm going to tell you some of the definitions. But there's leadership, which is a position or function of a leader. Friendship the state of being a friend, relationship, a connection, association, or involvement, sportsmanship, sportsmanlike conduct, character, practice, skill of a sportsman, championship, the distinct condition of being a champion, penmanship, the art of handwriting, a person's style or manner of handwriting. And by the way, this is just a little plug. I I love penmanship. I love the art of handwriting. And if any one of you across our whole church has a passion for penmanship, would you let your campus pastor know, and he can tell me, because there is a need for you in this house if you have beautiful handwriting. We would love to talk with you about that. So penmanship is very important. And then there's just a bunch of other ones with ship. There's fellowship, internship, ownership, hardship, which is a condition that is difficult to endure, something that is hard to bear. Ladyship, a rank of a lady. And worship, one that we found recently in a message, is the sound of a healthy soul. So with all of this shipness, I just thought I would come up with a definition for mothership, and that being... The art of being a mother. The distinct position, function, and nurturing condition of the healthy mother's heart. And you don't have to be a biological mother, have had birthed children, to have a mother's heart. And that is why I want to encourage all of us ladies in the house of what it means to be a healthy mom and a healthy mother's heart. So, um, one thing I just want to... Encourage you in, and hopefully this whole message will just encourage and let you know how loved and special you are. Um, but one thing is that your presence and your voice in this world is not only powerful, but it is needed and it is necessary to the people in your world. Your voice is so powerful and so necessary and so needed. I just recently started reading the Book of Matthew. And as I opened it up, literally as I opened it up in chapter 1, I received the message from God for this Mother's Day. And I'm so excited because it is one that you maybe wouldn't think of would be a Mother's Day message. But it's so powerful and so beautiful. Um, In Matthew, if you have your Bibles, you can join me. Otherwise, we have it on the screen for you. Matthew chapter 1. Lord, open our eyes to see glorious truths in your word. Thank you for your word, in Jesus' name. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of God, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, I feel like I'm rapping, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife, Solomon the father of Rehoboam. And then later on, there's a lot more names that I decided to not read to you today. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Now, this was so interesting to me because as you read this list, and it's a longer list than what I read to you, obviously, but it brings up all the fathers. And basically, a genealogy shows the line of... of where someone came from. So the point in this is that Matthew is proving that Jesus was the one that the Bible prophesied about and talked about the coming Messiah, the savior of the world. And it's and basically wanting to prove that Jesus came from the line of King David. But then he goes even further, kind of like just yeah, King David, but also he's from the line of Abraham, who's the father of faith. And so that's just awesome. But what oh, what came to my mind in even thinking of Mother's Day, was that it only points out the fathers. And we know when a baby comes into the world, the father isn't the only one that has something to do with <laughs> that. There's a father and a mother. And it's just so interesting to me, because obviously it's proving the, the patriarchal line. But it's interesting to me because Matthew decides, the Bible decides to include some mothers. So those mothers are Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, um, Uriah's wife, and Mary. So there are five mothers that was decided to be included in this list. And what's interesting to me is how God highlights these particular ones. Um, I'm going to give you kind of just a little bit snippet about each mom but Tamar is the first one and I would encourage you as I tell you where their story is found to go this week and to read it because it is crazy the Bible is so crazy the details that it includes and I love it because it gives us just a raw real example of who we look to in the Bible because it's weird there's some weird stuff in here Tamar part of her story is found in Genesis 38. And basically, she has sex with her father-in-law and has twins. You can read the rest of the story. It's very interesting. Um, But that is crazy that she's included in the genealogy. Rahab, in Joshua chapter 2, we find part of her story, and we find that she was a former prostitute but she actually risked helping God's people and she ended up saving her whole family because of her faith in the one true God then we see Ruth and hers is a beautiful story you should read the whole book of Ruth it's only four chapters and it's so beautiful it's one of my favorites um, but she had once been far from God she grew up in a, in a pagan um, city where she grew up worshiping idols But she made the decision and chose to follow her mother-in-law, who loved God, and she made that uh, decision to follow her, to follow God, even when it meant giving up on comfort, when it meant giving up on being provided for, when it meant giving up the possibility of ever getting married again, she decided to follow God. And then we see the wife of Uriah, and in... um, Actually, I didn't include where that was. I think it's 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel 11, yes, um, is Bathsheba. And she, um, King David, committed adultery with her. And then he killed her husband to cover it up. Now, this is very, very drastic. I don't think that is maybe many of our stories. But I love that God includes her. And But the thing that's so interesting is that... Um, it says the wife of Uriah. So in the in the list, it says, Jesse was the father of King David. So this genealogy honors him as King David. But then it goes right into saying, David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. It doesn't even say Bathsheba's name, but it points to Uriah, who when you read about him, Uriah was a godly, honorable man who wanted to serve his king, serve the Lord, serve his country, and yet he was murdered to cover up someone else's sin. And then we have Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her story is beautiful, one of surrender, one of of willingly giving her life to the Lord and literally birthing the savior of the world. Um, She made the decision to be a vessel of honor for God. But it's interesting to me because she was actually, I mean, in this list of other women, she was actually the the pure one, and she was the one that had not known a man, and she was um, a young, godly, pure girl, but it's interesting because she would have been known for the rest of her life, she would have had the stigma of, the woman who birthed Jesus, the Savior of the world, but got pregnant with him before she got married. And she lived with that her whole life. And I think that is interesting that, yes, she was actually the pure one, but she still had the stigma that actually all these other women had actually lived. But I love that God highlights these mothers, the ones who had a broken, awkward-to-talk-about past. I mean, even reading it, you just feel like, ooh, yeah, that's awkward and interesting why they're brought up. But the Bible doesn't shy away from that. The Bible doesn't shy away from the humanity, from the mistakes that were made, from the rawness of life. And I just appreciate that so much because I believe, I know for me, but I know for all of us in this church, we can identify with mistakes that have been made in the Bible because we make mistakes all the time because we are not perfect. And so we need to have those people that we look to and then we say, yeah, and God is good. Yeah, and his grace covers me. Yeah, and his grace covers my situation, no matter how hard, no matter how difficult, no matter how horrible the situation. But it's also interesting to me that the Bible doesn't mention the other 34 mothers. They highlight five, but there's 34 other mothers that were not included saying, the oh, this was the mother of Jesse, or this was the mother of Isaac we don't know we know some of their names from other parts of the Bible but some of them are not mentioned and some of them are unnamed and what I love about this is that yes they were unnamed but they were not unimportant because they were still part of the lineage and the genealogy of bringing Jesus into the world and yes their names weren't mentioned but their roles were so important And a question I want to ask you, do you feel like anyone could do your job? Do you feel like sometimes maybe you're just filling a hole that anyone could fill? If you died, if you left, if you were gone, do you feel like your presence would be missed, that what you do would necessarily be noticed? Well, I recently went on a trip with some of our beautiful leading ladies in this house, and we went to a conference, and um, I left my kids with my husband. And I just want to take a moment and brag on him because he he is a, a phenomenal dad, and he takes such good care of our kids, and he has fun with them and plays with them and takes care of a baby. I mean, Lennox is almost 10 months old, and he's taking care of him. Amazing. But it's funny because... As I returned from this particular trip, um, I found that all the kids were perfectly fine. Like, it was almost like they didn't even know I was gone. And I think maybe, I know for me, but sometimes we moms, we come into a situation wanting to save the situation. Like, um, like I was kind of expecting, like, Levi to, everything's just, like, crazy and stressful, and I come in, I'm like, you did a great, you tried your best, but here I am, and I'm going to help you, and I got this from here on, I'll take it from here, don't you worry anymore, but that's not what happened, I literally walk into the situation, and the house is like perfectly clean, and the kids are dressed in their right clothes, like Clover's not wearing uh, Lennox's pants or anything, and the temptation for me was to kind of step back and be like, did they even know I was gone, is what, is what I do, does it even matter? Is, like, he totally got it, but am I just filling a hole that anyone could come in and fill? But I just want to tell you, ladies, that that's not true. I want to tell you, and that this is the only thing that you get from this message, that you're not just filling a hole that anyone could fill. You are fulfilling God's unique call on your life. God has called you so <clears throat> specifically, so Perfectly to the role that he's called you to. And so I want to encourage you to not shy away from it, but to step up, to step up and lead, to rise up and lead, to take your place and serve, and to carry what he's given you, and in turn, change the world. Your story matters when it's beautiful, when it's not beautiful. Your story matters. It's actually very significant. And I love this list of women where some the story seems like just crazy and why would it even be included? But then there are other stories that we don't know. We won't even know till heaven, but that are significant and and these women made a way for Jesus and these women made a way for their kids to grow up and to be healthy. As we seek to live out this mothership, which again is the art of being a mother, the distinct position, function, and nurturing condition of the healthy mother's heart, I want look to look back at what it means to be a ship, an actual mothership, larger ships leading, serving, and carrying smaller ships, and just find out what that means. And I just want to quickly speak to the gentleman in the room. Because maybe some of you have already realized, oh, this is for the women, so I'm just going to kind of like sit back a little bit, maybe take a quick Mother's Day nap, because the men need that too. Um, But before you think that, and if you are asleep, here I am. (laughs) Um, But I just want to encourage you. Levi asked such a good question the other day. He said, Jenny, is there anything that you could tell the men in our church of how they can encourage the women in their lives? And it's such a good question because there is something, and I just wanna encourage you gentlemen in the house that your words matter, that when you speak life over your wife, life over your mom, life over your children, life over the ladies in your life, that God can use that so significantly in their lives. I know firsthand, Levi speaks life over me, and when he says even a simple thing like, Jenny, you are born for this, or Jenny, you've got this, or Jenny, you are special, that it just makes me stand up a little bit taller and makes me okay with the hard things that God might be calling me to. And so I just want to encourage you men that your words matter and to encourage the women in your life. Now you can go back to sleep. Just kidding, don't. Because I really believe that there's these things that, that I'm sharing for us women are actually for all of us. So don't go to sleep. Our first point is rise up and lead. Rise up and lead. How are you leading? How are you leading in your home? How are you leading up in, in the church? How are you leading up at your work, at school? Leaders follow the leader. And this is the most important thing, that we're following the leader, Jesus, our good shepherd, because that's the only way. If we're wanting people to follow us, we've got to be following Jesus. We've got to be leading the way for them. Leaders speak life, and I just told this to the men, but your words matter. We speak life. As we rise up and lead, this is one thing that, my husband and I are learning, but leaders love like they've never been hurt. And this is a book uh, recently come out by Pastor Jensen Franklin that we just started reading together. And it is so good. It is so hard, but it is so good. Love like you've never been hurt. And then leaders embrace the season that they're in, the painful, the happy, the easy, the hard. Leaders embrace the season that they're in. We rise up in his strength, realizing that what God has called us to, he will grace us for. He will grace our marriages. He will grace our children. And so if it seems hard, if it seems impossible, if God is calling you to it, you rise up in strength and lead. And knowing that he's going to take care of your marriage, he's going to take care of your kids, he's going to take care of the people in your life, just walk with him. Number two, take your place and serve. Take your place and serve. Who are, you, who are you serving? Are you serving the people in your home with your whole heart? Are you serving the people at school in your workplace? It's so important. Romans 12, 11 says, never lagging behind in diligence, glow in the spirit, enthusiastically serving the Lord. And that's my prayer over every single one of us, that no matter what we're doing, that we would serve the Lord enthusiastically and wholeheartedly in it let's take our place and serve our family and let's take our place in the church and serve in this family in this family as some people like to say we all needed want to be needed and we all want to be known as we've learned recently and if we put our roots down deep and as we're just making this house our home as we're as we're serving as we're giving as we're loving that's going to be the avenue where we're actually knowing what it means to be needed and knowing it, what it means to be known. And it's so important. Um, Lisa Turker said, wisdom gathers when you serve and invest in your local church. Wisdom scatters when you disconnect from your church family. The thing is, is that we need each other and we need you. You need us, but you need you to be planted in the house. If you're not planted, you won't flourish, but if you are planted, you will flourish because the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. So where it's fresh, we flourish. So if this Fresh Life Church is your home, put your roots down deep and let's serve God together because it's so important for us to grow. And I know some of you know this, but the avenue for you specifically to get on an impact team, to start serving, to start lending your gifts and your voice and your power to the vision of this house, Uh, getting involved in a fresh life group, the way to do that is to get plugged into Crash Course. And your host will tell you more about that later. But that's just my thoughts on that. Number three, and finally, carry what he's given you. And change the world. Carry what he's given you and change the world. What are you carrying? I love that in this house, we always learn that it's so important to know and see what is in your hand and how God wants to use what's in your hand for his glory, for building his kingdom, for building the people up in your life. What are you carrying? Well, for one, you're carrying your story. And this is maybe something that we don't realize that we're carrying as we're walking around this world. But we're carrying the thing, the very things that God has done in our hearts and in our lives, the very valleys that He's brought us through, the very um, high top mountains that He's brought us from. We are carrying that very story, and it's powerful, and it's beautiful, and it's meant to be shared, and it's meant to be um, proclaimed, not for our own sake, but. Because for God's sake, to show the world that there is a God who loves them and that there's a God who can use their story as well. And so as we walk around, we're carrying uh, the, the story that God has given us. There's power in that. And I just believe that he wants to use you and he wants to use your story. And I think maybe sometimes we're scared of what that might look like. But it takes vulnerability, it takes humility, But it also takes coming to a point where maybe you ask someone in your life, I I think I want to share my story. How should I do it? And I think as you have that wisdom in your life of knowing when and how to share it, God is going to give you what you need. And he's going to give you the strength that you need. And he's going to give you the words to speak. And he's going to give you the power to say it because it's important. And he wants to use you. You're also carrying the gospel though, too. You're carrying the good news, the very good news that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave and gives us power every single day to live the lives that he's called us to live. So you're carrying that gospel. Mark 16, 15 says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. How are you carrying the good news, carrying the gospel wherever you're going? God wants to use you. If you feel like you're unnamed and you feel like you're unimportant, God wants to use you. He wants to highlight you because he created you, he loves you and you were born to give, born to share. Where are you right now? Well, you're in church, but where are you right now? Don't let yourself become faded to where you are. I wanna encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to burn bright within you, to not be faded and dull in who you are in your story and yeah, but that's not me and yeah, I can't do that and yeah, I can't do that. But yes, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Be the bold, bright and beautiful one that God has called you to be. I was talking with our campus pastor wives this week and we were talking about how when we say yes to God just over and over, we get in that rhythm, we get used to saying yes to God. That's the best place to be. Because as we continue to say yes, as we say, God, I don't think I can do that, but yes, I will obey you. God, that seems impossible, and I actually don't want to do that, but yes, I will obey you. As you say yes to God, He is going to unlock something inside of you that you thought maybe you never thought could be possible and never thought could be there. He's going to raise you up to lead. He's going to allow you to take your place and serve. And you're going to see things come out of you, words come out of your mouth, things come out of your, your life that maybe you never thought possible. So keep saying yes to Jesus. When he asks you to do something, say yes. Say yes. And I just want to take a moment to honor the women in the house. And if you feel comfortable, if you want to, I want to ask for all the ladies in the house to stand up to your feet. If you're able to, if you feel comfortable to, I want to pray over you. We honor you. And I just wanna take a moment just to ask the Holy Spirit to, to fill the wind in your sails, to, to fill you afresh. If you don't know Jesus and, um, and you, don't, you don't have a relationship with him, but you're on this journey of wanting to know, we're gonna give you an opportunity in a moment to do that. But I just wanna pray over every single one of you ladies across our whole church. Father, I thank you so much for this weekend. I just thank you for the opportunity that we get week in and week out of getting to gather together as your church, getting to gather together as your people, knowing how important it is for us as we gather so that we can scatter into all the different places that you've called us to. And I just wanna take this moment, God, to look up and to lift these women up to you. I believe that you've given them each a calling, that you've given them each a story, whether they feel highlighted, whether they feel unnamed and unimportant, you've called each and every one of them. And I just pray over those who are carrying different things. And I know that maybe some, some of us here are carrying um, little babies and we're in just a season of tiredness. And we're not getting a lot of sleep and we don't feel energized to wake up in the morning, to change more diapers, to feed more babies. It's just a tiring season, and I I totally see that and understand that, but I just pray over those who are in that season of tiredness. Lord, I pray that you would lift their arms, that you'd lift their spirits, that they would look up and see, yes, even in the mess, even in the dirty diapers, even in the sleepless nights, that you can strengthen them and that they have strength in you, Father. I pray for those who may be carrying the weight of infertility. And I know that that is such a real struggle. And I just pray for every single woman across our church who may be struggling with that very thing. God, I pray that they would see that your timing is perfect. God, I pray that they would see that you love them and you see them and you see the pain and you see the hurt and you see the desire to, have to be a mother and to birth a baby. And I pray God, as you see fit, that even today would be the day where mothers who are struggling with that very thing, that you would open their wombs. Lord, I pray for women in this house who are carrying a difficult season, who are struggling in a way where they're facing um, different decisions that they, they need to make, where they've received information that they don't know what to do with. And I just pray right now that you would overwhelm them with your presence and your power, remembering that you are in control that the waves of life will crash on us and news and difficult situations and difficult relationships and estranged relationships with our mothers, whatever that looks like, God, that they would look up and see that you are bigger than all of that. And I just pray on this weekend, Father, that you would lift our hearts up you speak life over us. If there isn't someone in our lives that are speaking life over us, I pray that they would see you, your words spoken over them. And I pray for those single mothers who have little children and who may not have that man in their lives to encourage the children to say happy Mother's Day and to love their mothers. I pray for a strength and a power in their lives to see that they are beautiful, to see that they are loved, to see that they are called. I pray for the women in this church who are in the season of singleness, which is such a beautiful season. I pray that they would embrace this season. I pray that they wouldn't see what they don't have, but that they would see what they do have. And I pray over every single one of us that they, that we would see and want to be the vessel that you've called us to be that we would see and want to be the offering that you've called us to be, that we would see and want to say yes to you in the little things, to say yes to you in the big things, to say yes to you, Jesus, because you love us and you have called us and you have gone before us and we have heaven as our hope and we love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible Mother's Day message from the lovely Jenny Lusco. If any time during this teaching you made a decision to follow Christ, congratulations! We would love to send you a Bible to encourage you in this fresh start with God. If you'd like to receive a digital Bible, you can text the word Fresh Life to the number 99,000, or you can click the No God tab on our site to receive a physical Bible. Also, if you've been impacted through what God is doing here at Fresh Life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at story at and let us know how God has used this work to impact your life. Those stories are so encouraging to both our staff and our church family. And finally, if you would like to partner with us financially and support what God is doing in and through this church, you can do so by texting the word FRESH to the number 45777, you can click the Give button on our site, or you can give via the Fresh Life app. Thank you so much for watching.